The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Offer no resistance to the one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense have you? Do not tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers only, what's unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever had the occasion to do something or to accomplish something and think to yourself, that was well done, or even very well done, or I can't imagine anyone else doing it better. Only to have someone in charge say to you, that's a good beginning, or a noble effort. You thought it was really quite good, but the person responsible didn't think it was good enough, and that you might have done better. It may be because we simply weren't able to, Or it may have been also that without realizing it, we simply didn't want to uh, expend the effort necessary. We wouldn't admit that to ourselves, but we really didn't want to. And so we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish as well as we should have. I was talking once to a professor of piano and organ at a great university. He said to me, you know, we once had a man come in here who wanted to play the Tchaikovsky First Piano Concerto. I said, did he learn it? He said, he played the notes, but there was no life in it. 
I'm sure the man was quite proud of himself for just having played the notes of that concerto without thinking of what it might have been otherwise. We're always being called to something greater. I remember once sitting with my own teacher at an organ recital, and when the, the organist finished the piece, I turned to him and said, what did you think of that? He said, it would have been better if he had played the notes on the page. Uh, there's always something more we can do, something greater we can seek, as our Lord tells us in today's gospel, as he did last week. He's always calling us to something greater, something beyond that which we would like to accept. Our comfort zone is often pretty limited. The saints aren't, but most of us are. We will say, yes, I can deal with this, with the call of the gospel to that point. But beyond that, I don't think so. And our Lord says, no, you can't do that. He uses some examples that to a fundamentalist might cause them trouble because they don't understand the Jewish mind, the people to whom our Lord was speaking. The Semites, before the Jewish people, before the Israelites, had been a people whose law was vengeance. Simply vengeance, in any way you wanted it. But the law of Talon that our Lord mentions was a step forward. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You can't take more than was than is due. But our Lord says, I tell you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. And what does that mean, really? Is our Lord telling us that we shouldn't protect the innocent? No, he's not telling us that. Is he telling us that we don't have a right to defend ourselves? No, he's not telling us that either, whether it be personal or on the level of a nation. You see how people can become pacifists by misunderstanding the gospel. Because he tells us what he means by that. He's talking about a personal insult. And he says, when someone strikes you on your right cheek, by the way, the right cheek is important in St. Matthew's Gospel because he's assuming a right-handed man. In order to strike someone on the right cheek who's facing you, you would have to do it with the back of your hand, which was considered a far greater insult than with the palm. Um, Offering the other one as well. Don't respond in such a way that you would want to take vengeance on someone simply because you've been insulted. What does it matter anyway? who've been insulted, uh, offering the other one. In other words, you're going to have to set an example to this person of what heroic charity means. You won't like it, but that's what you're called to do. You're going to have to go beyond what you're comfortable doing because normally you'd want to slap them back or insult them back, return the insult. That's common, isn't it, for most of us? And he tells us, then if someone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand him your cloak as well. Show him something heroic. Again, there are times when, of course, we can't do these things in exactly the way they're described, but our Lord is giving us an attitude and giving us a goal towards which we must aim. Should someone press you in service for one mile, go for two miles. The Romans could do that to any Jew they wanted to. They could simply grab them and put them into service. And the Lord is saying, all right, they're going to force you to go one mile, teach them a lesson, and go two. Tell them what real heroic love, heroic charity is all about. And he goes on in that same vein uh, about the love of neighbor. You know, that first part, you shall love your neighbor, we heard in the book of Leviticus. And hate your enemy is not in the law of Moses. That was something the the rabbis added as time went on. Our Lord says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. His example, of course, is all we really need. 
The cross is that. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, there are times, of course, when we have to defend innocent people, including ourselves, against enemies. There are times also when we will be persecuted. We may have to accept that. And in any, any event, that love of enemy, an enemy is a different thing because prayer is essential in that regard. As, you, as we all know, you cannot hate someone you pray for. You may have terribly hostile feelings about that person that won't go away. You may be very angry at that person, but you can't hate them if you pray for them because prayer is already something that is asking God to give that person what they need in their journey to him. That's the, that's the easiest and the most obvious form of not hating prayer. And he was on to say, that's because your heavenly Father is kind to all, the bad and the good. The sun rises, the rain falls, and then if you love those who love you, what's there in that anyway? Even the pagans do that, and so do tax collectors. So he's saying we must be extraordinary. Whether you want to be or not, whether the, whether the desire is there or not, you are called to be extraordinary and do what you would not otherwise want to do. That brings I forget who it was who said, Leon Blois maybe, one step beyond mediocrity and we are saved. I've said that before. One step beyond mediocrity and we are saved. Our Lord is telling us we must do that and that it never stops either. The Lord will always call us to something greater. We can never say, I've accomplished it. It's done. The Lord will say, no, there's more. Your love isn't yet where it must be. The saints knew that. They were always realizing something more that needed to be done in their lives. Something greater. They were always realizing a greater power, too. Because they knew they had to open themselves up to God and to God's grace in order to move beyond where they were. I mentioned once before, too, um, a poem, which many of us will remember, by Longfellow, his poem Excelsior. Um, You remember that's... I really do like Longfellow. He's so easy to understand. Uh, About a young man... Well, it begins by saying that the shades of night were falling fast as through an alpine village passed. A youth who bore amid snow and ice a banner with a strange device, Excelsior. All of us higher. And he goes through the poem talking about all the things this man has to face on his way up the mountain. All the beauty he has to give up. All the heroism that he has to exert. All the dangers that he has to face throughout the poem. And in the end, the last two stanzas somewhat sum up what our Lord is telling us that we must do by way of going beyond uh, where we would like to go. Uh, A traveler by the faithful hound, half buried in the snow, was found, still clasping in that hand of ice, that banner with the strange device, Excelsior. So we carried it to the end, but even beyond that, it won't end, by the way, until death. Actually, probably for most of us, it won't end then either. That's what purgatory is all about, uh, ever higher. Uh, But the last verse, I think, maybe sums it all up for us, too. Uh, 
They're in the twilight, cold and gray. Lifeless but beautiful he lay. And from the sky, serene and far, a voice fell like a falling star, Excelsior. We might keep that word in mind. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood, the love of your Son, and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, that her members will always strive for greater holiness, always strive for the perfection to which we are called in the image and likeness of God, especially the church suffering and the church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations of the world, they will hear the voice of the church, hear God speaking to them through the gospel, calling all people to holiness of life, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, the lonely, the frustrated, and the confused, they may know that in their suffering they are serving God and becoming holy. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost the faith and lost life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For a greater respect for human life, especially at the beginning and at the end, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will be truly heroic in their sanctity to proclaim the kingdom of God, for a greater reverence for the sanctity and heroism of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our administrator, our new bishop, whomever he may be, our priests, deacons, seminarians, and the American hierarchy, but they will first of all be saints themselves, responding to the call to heroic virtue. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all of our students who will be confirmed this week, that they will continue to grow in the grace of their baptism. They will be people of heroic virtue and love. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we will answer the call to heroism, and that our light may shine before others, they may come to know the love of God for them. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We now join our prayers to those of the mother of our creator as we sing. Lord. 